All right, what's up, everyone? This is a new episode of Sports Harder. I am your boy, Matty Luke Warm Ice. And as always, my co host is Chris the Gorilla Binder. And we're doing a special Saturday uh, episode right before uh, the playoff games start. We're going to get our playoff uh, picks in, uh, talk about the games from last weekend. Uh, It'll be a little bit of a shorter episode, but we kind of just wanted to get our picks in take advantage of the last little bit of NFL talk that we'll be able to do. I mean, I know sometimes in the off season, there can be a lot of NFL talk, especially if there's a lot of um, coaching changes, which there will be. And if there's going to be a lot of uh, QB moving around, which there usually normally is, um, or talks of getting a QB in the draft. So, um, you know, we'll still have stuff to talk about, but actual games, we want to be able to talk about that. So, How's it going, Chris? It's good. Still rocking my championship belt. I see that. <laughs> just, just have to, man. Yeah, just rock the box of camp, man. <laughs> just have to kind of rub it in Nico's face. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he watches these and say, I got you, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Let's, uh, I guess let's start off with uh, the games that happened uh, last weekend. I know it's kind of a little late notice, but um, so starting off with, uh, let's start off with your team, the Raiders and the Bengals. Um, I know the game didn't go your way. Raiders weren't able to pull it out. Um, They kind of had a chance there to to try to tie it at the end. They at least fought hard. You know, they at least just didn't roll over and give up. They tried. Playoff football showed a lot of heart from everyone on the team. Um, you know, I know the game didn't go your way and stuff like that, but I guess going forward, then what's what's the plan? If you if you were able to make any changes that you wanted, like what would it be? Like what would the team look like going into next season? Like players or coaches or whatever it may be, because you guys obviously are going to be looking for a head coach as well, so. Yeah. yeah, well, we don't know who who we're getting for head coach, but we're also looking for a GM because Mike Mayock got fired, um, which is terrible because he never had anything to say about the first-round picks. Like, he wasn't allowed to pick the first-round picks. That was all Gruden, you know, and he did, like, the second, third-round picks, and we were hitting on those. Like, yeah. every, every second, third-round pick, like, you think Nate Hobbs, Max Crosby, to, uh, Trayvon Morig. Like our second and third round picks were money. Like they've they've all been really good. So I, I wanted to see them give him one more year, you know, give him full control and say, Hey, make the picks from number one, you know, let's see what you can actually do to build this team. Let's see how your people are. Cause Alex Leatherwood, bust. Clee Clee Farrell, bust. Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs, bust. Like those are our first round picks. Like the only good the only thing we got out of the Khalil Mack trade, the Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper trade, was Josh Jacobs. That's it. Yeah. And, yeah. like, he was down and out this season. Like, he just had a rough season. He didn't rush for 1,000 yards. But, you know, it's just – it is what it is. If, if I could GM that during free agency – 
I, I wouldn't do anything with the draft. Like I, I'm not knowledgeable enough in college football players to be able to do a draft, but I would, I would throw money, just throw as much money as I could at Devonte Adams and Quinn and, <laughs> and Quinn and Williams. Yeah. Like get a really, really strong defensive tackle in there that can rush up or even Everson Griffin because he's a free agent too, you know, throw money at the people that we can to keep them because uh, we have a lot of free agents on our team, you know, and we want it, We want to keep as many of them as we can, but like go get Devonte Adams, give Derek Carr his final year on his contract. Don't extend him until after the season. Like if, if you want to keep him after he's had a season with a solid number one receiver and Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, you know, then at that point, offer him some money, like offer him a new contract. He's not going to get Patrick Mahomes money. Uh, I, I don't think he's worth Patrick Mahomes money. I love Derek Carr. I have, a, I have a special place in my heart for him, you know, always have because the dude's a fighter. You know, he's had multiple concussions. He's had a broken leg. He's had, He's broke his fingers. He's busted his wrist. He's busted his elbow, and he's missed two games in his career. Like in eight years, he's missed two games. That dude is a fighter, and I I love seeing that heart. He has the heart of a raider. He's just so inconsistent. But we've never really put a strong team around him. Now the game, going back to the game against the Bengals, honestly. I'm not saying we should have won that game, but I will say there are two calls that are questionable. The one was when Joe Burrow was stepping out of bounds, even though he didn't step out of bounds, as the ball was in the air, they played, they whistled that play dead, but they still gave them the touchdown. When they whistled that play, you watched Trayvon Morig stop. He was covering T. Higgins, and he heard the whistle, he stopped. So he could have made a play on that ball had he not heard the whistle. But they still gave him that. And according to the NFL rulebook, if a play is whistled dead before the completion of the play, they need to replay that down if it was errant. Yeah. Which it was an errant whistle. Per NFL rulebook, they should have replayed that down. That's not saying they wouldn't have scored on the next play. Yeah, who knows what would have happened, yeah. But it was only second down. So who's to say they wouldn't have scored? You know, they still had two more downs. They were at, like, the 19-yard line, so they still could have got another first down. I'm not saying that 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 necessarily changed the course of the game, that 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 changed what the score would have been. But, you know, by rules, you need to go replay that play. Yeah. And then, then in the last minute or so, when the Raiders are marching down to tie the tie the game, that interception, if you watched, he threw it to Zay Jones. Okay. Zay Jones was standing in the end zone when the ball was coming. By the time the ball got there, he hadn't moved, but he was on the two-yard line because the guy that was defending him was on top of him, pushing him forward before the ball even got there. That right there is a pass interference. That should have been called as a pass interference, not an interception. So those are the two plays that I, I feel were refed incorrectly. However, yeah. what what actually hurt the Raiders overall, and this is I'm not saying the refs gave them the game, what hurt the Raiders overall was how many holding penalties we had. 
like our offensive line was holding like crazy and it, it just screwed things up. Like we had a 36 yard pass to um, Deshaun Jackson. It was called back for holding. We had a 32 yard run from Josh Jacobs and a 18 yard run from Peyton Barber called back for holding. We had a, a 38 yard pass to Zay Jones called back for holding. We had Derek Carr get out of the pocket and rush for nine yards called back for holding. I'm like, guys, like, what the hell are you doing? You know, you you just took away over 150 gained yards and made it into, like, 50 yards lost plus the 150 yards. So we just lost essentially 200 yards on you not being able to block properly. And the only the only offensive lineman that was never called for holding, Colton Miller. Every other offensive line was called for holding. It was terrible. And then we make the stupid mistake of putting Foster Moreau to block Hendrickson. Like, why are you putting a tight end to block a 290-pound defensive end that's got the speed of freaking Josh Jacobs? Like, he just he made Foster Moreau look stupid. Like, you even said something about that. You're like, why is he blocking him? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> he completely cleared off Austin Moreau and got the sack. Like done. Strip sack. Yeah, it was fumble yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Like I don't know. They just made a lot of mistakes. They showed that they were inexperienced. And the Bengals showed that they were inexperienced too. Like they made a lot of mistakes as well. They just were able to capitalize a little better on the Raiders' mistakes. So but I will say we still have two corners. That never gave up a touchdown all year. That was Nate Hobbs and Casey Hayward. Neither one of them ever gave up a touchdown, which is awesome. And now Nate Hobbs is in trouble again, by the way. Got pulled over this weekend. uh, I think it was Thursday. Got pulled over doing 110 miles an hour on I-15. Wasn't drunk. He was just going fast as hell. So (laughs) reckless driving. Dumbass. But yeah, the... no, it's they're in Vegas, so they think they can get away with everything. Like, yeah, I, I but... love the fact they're in Vegas, but I think it was a big mistake to move young players to Vegas. You know? Yeah, true. Um, but anybody's got to get used to that. You know, young players in LA, like you know, LA is a hopping place too. So. People, players just got to have more self-discipline and, and learn, and they're just learning the hard way, unfortunately. Um, I, I'd have to say if I was if I was able to make some changes for your guys' team in the offseason, yes, definitely get Devontae Adams. But for some reason you're not able to, you know, if he stays with the Packers or goes somewhere else, I, I don't know. But if it doesn't play out, or even if you do, even if you do get him, I think you need to get a wide receiver in the draft. Like, I think, you know, Ruggs is gone. You know, Hunter Renfro is not enough, sorry, <laughs> to, to make it a, a deep playoff run. You need to find that X-factor wide receiver. And so I think you guys should get a wide receiver in the first round. Boom, done. Make a, make a guarantee X-factor player. Yeah, I, I can't agree with that because Zay Jones became that X-factor player this year. No, he he really did. Like, he stepped up and he actually built a rapport with Derek Carr. He is not a number one receiver. 
Not at all. That's why I'm saying go get Devontae Adams. So you have Devontae Adams, then you have Zay Jones, and you have Brian Edwards lined up at the X. You know, you, like they switch off between the X, and you have Hunter Renfro, obviously, as a slot. You have Darren Waller as a tight end. So Brian Edwards can be a big, big game player if he can actually get his drops out from under him. Zay Jones has the speed. He doesn't have Deshaun Jackson or Henry Ruggs speed, but he has the speed, and he, he runs strong routes, and he's built that rapport with Derek Carr. I think Zay Jones is going to be the X factor next year. He's not a number one receiver. And that was the problem this year is we had to put him as the number one receiver after the Henry Ruggs thing. He's more of a number two, number three receiver. Yeah. Well, Henry Ruggs wasn't stepping up either. And I, I don't even think you need a, a, a person who's fast. Like I felt like Gruden was just like, wow, Henry Ruggs is just super fast. So we'll be able to use him. Yeah. That can be helpful in certain situations, but if you're not using it the right way, um, then it does. It's not very helpful. And Devonte Adams is not like he's a speedy guy, but he's just uh, great at all the other stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like a Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's not a fast guy, but he's just good at everything else and <laughs> good. So smart to be able to read the defense. But I still think you guys should get someone, even if you get Devonte Adams. But if you don't get Devonte Adams, you definitely need to get some someone in the draft to yes. be able to make it. Yes. <laughs> make it where uh, he can be able to have that um, coaching. I don't think the the guy who is the interim coach should be the head coach. I'm sorry. He did a great job. Don't get me wrong. He got you guys to the playoffs. And going into the situation with everything that happened with Gruden and Ruggs and everything else, he did, he did a great job. But I feel like the Raiders just need just a young talent, just someone who's going to I don't know, lift up, get more energy, you know, you know, I'm not saying like the Sean McVay effect can work for everyone, but just like get someone in there. That's just like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's get this. Let's get the culture where we want it. You know, back in the day when it was, you know, the Raiders and it was, you know, just win baby. Like let's, let's, let's get that momentum going. And I just don't think the the guy who was the interim coach could be able to just like bring that type of energy, you know, into next season. So I feel like I, I you need to go out and get somebody else. I, I 100% agree with you. Like, I like Rich, Rich Bisaccia, and he's one hell of a special teams coach. But I don't think he's – I don't think he's head coach material. Like, he did all right with what he had to work with. Yeah. You know, but he wasn't calling plays. He wasn't doing anything, really. The one thing that I will have respect for him for, though, is they actually – his wife took a picture of him in the hotel room and he was actually writing, he was handwriting thank you cards to every player and every member of the staff after the Cincinnati Bengals loss. He stayed up all night writing handwriting thank you cards to the entire Raiders organization, which I think was amazing. But I'm going to tell you right now, our head coach next year is going to be Jim Harbaugh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a rumor that Mark Davis offered him 70 years, 70 million. 70 years, you said? Seven years, 70 million. I thought you said 70 years, though. Seven. Seven years. (laughs) Seven years, 70 million. Okay. Like, damn. Um, And this might be a long shot, and I I know you'll probably disagree, um, but... 
I know, you know the Falcons, he got him to a Super Bowl, and then after that, it kind of they kind of fell off the map. But just think if he's able to help the Raiders' defense like he did the Cowboys' defense, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be down on Dan Quinn. The only problem that I've seen is if we bring in somebody that's super defensive-minded as a head coach, we struggle. Like, that's when we really, really struggle. Um, we did it with uh, Dennis Allen. Um, Jack Del Rio was really the only one that, that came in and actually did anything, but he really didn't do much. You know, he still had he still had a losing record overall, but he did have that that twelve and four season. You know that we went to the playoffs and Derek Carr got hurt. You know, then we bring in John Gruden right after. I'm like that that's stupid to me. But um, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm saying Jim Harbaugh is going to be the coach. Like it's it's already in the works. Like everything's going on. Michigan came out and said if the Raiders actually offer him money, he's probably going to go. You know, and he's he's mulling things over however the coach that i would love to see in there and if i was a gm i would bring in or if i was the owner i'd bring in is brian flores like the things that guy did in miami how he turned that team completely around yeah like i would and he's an offensive and defensive mind like the guy knows his stuff and there's no reason for miami to even let him go other than you know he wanted more control that's about it that's exactly what it was. It was a power struggle. But I would love to see Brian Flores come in as a that, head coach. That would be awesome. Like that. that, would, that that's that my dream be, coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. That that would be amazing if you guys got him. That that because again, he's kind of young and he can kind of bring a little bit more energy, you know, um, like he did with Miami. And you're right, he turned things around in Miami. Um, yeah, they didn't have a losing season under him. Yeah. He went eight and eight, ten and ten and six, and then this year they went like nine and nine and eight, I think. I know yeah. they just barely missed the playoffs, but yeah. So I mean, um, we'll we'll see in the off season for the Raiders and see uh, the moves that they make. Uh, that'll be fun for us to to talk about as it's as it's happening. Um, I know there were some other games, but let's. This is our podcast, so let's just jump into my team. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the the Rams Cardinals game. Um, a lot of people had the Cardinals winning just because of the Rams' performance against the Niners in the last game of the regular season, you know, and that game uh, kind of getting thrown away by the defense. I think the defense took it personally, and <laughs> they were just like, "Okay, you think it was our fault that we lost against the Rams?" All right, watch this. <laughs> and so they, the defense absolutely dominated from the first quarter to the last. Like it was just, it was complete domination. And Kyler Murray, you know, the beginning of the season, they were, you know, talking about MVP candidate. You know, the team was undefeated for the longest time. Like he was on a roll. Um, then he had that injury and then came back. No DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, they know J.J. Uh, Watt. So, and then they started going on this losing skid. They lost, like, four of their last five games or something like that. I think the only team they had beaten was Dallas. Like, they had beaten Dallas, but then they had lost, like, the, all the other games. So, um, and you could tell Murray maybe wasn't ready for the playoffs. He wasn't ready for that type of, like, situation. Um I like how the Rams ran the ball 
<laughs> like we 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 got Cam Akers back, who I I know you know uh, Larry and you were kind of saying like, hey, you know, don't don't put him in there, you know, don't don't, don't risk him getting hurt. But he looks he looks a hundred percent, and having him and Sony has been killer. Like it's just it's just helped us so much, and it puts less stress on Stafford to have to you know make sure that he's like throwing almost every play. Um, he can kind of get the plays that he wants. Um, uh, they they shut down Cooper Cup until the end. Cooper Cup got some catches at the end there. But, like, they shut him down, so Odell went off. And, and o- Odell had a hell of a game. Um, he's caught six touchdown passes in the last eight games, I think it is. Um, and um, so the pieces are coming together, and it's feeling a, a lot better. Um, and I think playoff football kind of amplifies things, too. I think that's when people finally decide, okay, I'm giving, I'm giving everything. I'm giving all I have. Um the home crowd was a good thing too because we didn't really have many Cardinals fans there. I mean, when we played the Niners, it was like half Niner fans, half. Encouraging fans to be able to, um, to let them out and not give their tickets away. Or if they do get their tickets, that they sell their tickets to sell them to Rams fans. Um, but um, yeah, ov- overall, I think it was, it was a good boost to give us confidence in going into the next round. Cause uh, you know, Tom Brady is no joke, obviously. Um, so what, what, it, what was your over oversight of the, of the Rams Cardinals? Um. The biggest stat that got me, like you, you talked about the defense. I, I, I predicted again how many how many sacks Aaron Donald would get. He had three and a half. That's what I said. So three three and a half sacks in the strip. He didn't get the strip, unfortunately, but he did cause that Aaron freaking Kyler Murray pass in the end zone that would have been a safety. That was the shortest pick six in history at three yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he, he was the one that hit Kyler Murray for that. Um, so that was amazing. So, I mean, you, you can kind of give him the strip there. But, um, no, uh, the biggest stat that stood out to me was until, like, five minutes left in the second quarter, five or six minutes left in the second quarter, the Rams had not had a single play past their 29-yard line, their own 29-yard line. Yeah. And then they, they go down and they score. But, you know, the Rams still shut them down. Like, they freaking destroyed them. Yeah, what was it? The OB, OBJ had more passing yards than Kyler Murray at one point? In the first half, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, OBJ had 40 and Kyler Murray had, like, 19 or something like that. It was terrible. Like, their first three drives, they were negative yards. Like, they, they had – I think they had nine plays run for negative 11 yards. I was like, what the hell is going on? The Rams <laughs> took it personally. And, you know, I, I was – I was skeptical, I was skeptical about bringing about Cam Akers back, back, back because his injury was that bad. Like he snapped his Achilles tendon in half. Yeah. Like, and the doctor said, like putting it back together 
was like trying to sew what was it they said two mops yeah two mop heads together yeah which is just it's it's insane and the way he looked like i took that back i was like holy crap you know the doctor that did the work amazing doctor absolutely amazing doctor he did a great job and it's nice to see cam makers back because you guys were without daryl henderson for a few weeks so you really didn't have the two-headed monster that you normally have and like with daryl when daryl henderson comes back you guys are gonna have a three-headed running back monster like that's gonna be scary as hell but i'll almost bet one of them's gonna walk next year i just don't know who. well you know? yeah no one wants to no one wants to be like be a second or third string running back. They want to be a starter, you know? So no, yeah. I, I get that. Um, yeah, I'd, love to, I'd love to see Sony Michelle and Cam Akers stay. Let Daryl Henderson walk. Yeah. Yeah. Let Darryl, like Daryl Henderson's a good downhill, downhill runner, but that's really all he is. Like he runs through people. He's a Marshawn Lynch type runner. You know, if, yeah. if he can't run through people, he's not effective. Sony Michelle and Cam Akers are both downhill runners, but also east to west runners. Like they'll they'll be able to to juke people out of their shoes. And like honestly, to speak to Cam Akers really quick, like that dude felt like shit after that game. Like the hit that he laid on Buddha Baker and then his whole like stay down thing, uh, he didn't realize what had happened. And like he was beside Buddha Baker, like on his knees, like like you could see he had tears in his eyes. Like he felt bad because he had not just hit him and caused the injury, but he was, he was an asshole to him. You know, yeah. he, 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 he taunted him. It should have been a taunting call, honestly. Yeah. But, it should have been. but, you know, the fact that he didn't realize it, people are like, Oh, he's an asshole. It's like, you know, he didn't realize the injury was there. Like had Buddha Baker hopped right back up and had the injury not happened. Nobody would have said anything about it, but the injury happened. And thankfully, like the news came out with Buda Baker that it was just a severe concussion. Uh, it did. Cause when it hit, it looked like the way that he hit the ground, it looked like he broke his neck or his back. Like it looked bad, but they, they said all of it, he was able to move all of his extremities. He's good. He has full range of motion. It was just, he was out before he hit the ground. Like that's how hard Cam makers hit him. But yeah. to see to see Cam Akers back in action, I'm happy to see it. He's he's a damn good running back. I don't want him to be the Saquon Barkley for the Rams, you know, where <laughs> it's it, it's he's a great running back, but you can't count on him being on the field. If you're never on the field to show it because of injuries or whatever it may be, then yeah, it's kind of pointless at that point. So. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about the, um, the Rams, uh, Bucks matchup here in a bit. Um, so the Bucks steamrolled the Eagles and we all kind of knew that was, that was going to happen. Um, so not really much to talk about in that game, to be honest. I mean, it, it was what everyone thought it would be. And then, um, the surprising matchup to me was the the Bills and the Patriots and the freaking Bills steamrolling the Patriots. Like, I thought it'd be a lot closer. You know, I know, like you said, the Bills steamrolled them the second time they played. Um, 
but in the regular season. But I, I didn't think it was going to be that. Like, it was it, – the defense for the Patriots just did not show up whatsoever. And that put a lot of – too much pressure on Mac Jones. Mac Jones is not a Patrick Mahomes where, you know, oh, I'm down by 21, no big deal. Let me just go in and throw a bunch of touchdowns within a couple minutes, you know. Um, right. So that that just put way too much pressure on Mac Jones. Um, but I think Mac Jones has a bright future. Um, I, I think he kind of did a lot better than a lot of analysts or a lot of people thought he would. Um, so give, give credit to him and, you know, coming out of Alabama and, and being able to, to get the Patriots back to the playoffs after they had missed it the previous year, <laughs> having Cam freaking Newton. <laughs> right. Um, so really so, yeah. quick, I didn't want to, I didn't want to step back to that Rams game. Yeah. So I entered a fan duel. Like it was a dollar to get in winner gets $4,000, you know, and it obviously people that actually do FanDuel, they know how it works. Like they break down money and everything, but the first place got a got $4,000. I had the exact, so the lineup is five players, but you have one player that's an MVP player that you get one and a half times their fantasy points. So whatever they score, you get one and a half times that. So I had the exact same lineup, exact same players, as the guy that got four thousand dollars, I won twenty five bucks. But I had the same lineup. The only difference, I had Cooper Cup as my MVP, and he had Matt Stafford as his MVP. So if I had swapped those two, yeah, I would me and him would have split, and I would have got two grand for that. But instead, because I flipped it, I got twenty five bucks. I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> so just wanted to throw that out there. Just be aware, Fanduel, like. It's it's a tough thing out there, so it's fun. <laughs> Don't do it; it's gambling. <laughs> Mix signals, there, Chris. Mix signals. <laughs> I'm telling you not to do it. Everybody else, you guys are good. Okay. <laughs> you, you you have a baby to think about. You can't afford to gamble. <laughs> yes, this, this is very true. Um, oh shoot, that's too funny. And then um, the other game was the. Uh, the Chiefs and why am I blanking? The Steelers. So, in in that game, I called it. <laughs> I, I said the Chiefs were going to steamroll them. The Chiefs were my lock, you know. Um, and they they did exactly that. They steamrolled them, and Big Ben doesn't get to ride off into the sunset like he had planned. And he always goes through the past like three seasons. He said that he's you know going to retire, thinking about retiring, and then he doesn't. I hope he finally just calls it quits. Like I, he he doesn't he doesn't have what it takes anymore to be able to win a Super Bowl for one and two. He doesn't have a team around him to be able to do it either. Um, so hopefully he just calls it good, and then the Steelers are going to be on a QB hunt uh, in the off season. Um, maybe a Russell Wilson. <laughs> no, they're going to end up with Sam Darnold. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I mean, and they're talking Mel Kuyper's already like come out with his, you know, uh draft uh picks for the first round and other I don't think he had any QBs in the top ten, you know. No. So there's there's not any QBs really coming out of the draft, and so I don't I don't know what some of these teams are gonna do other than shuffling other quarterbacks in the league around and 
getting, you know, someone else from some other team. That's why I was starting out there, maybe a Russell Wilson or um, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, you know, because he's obviously talking about leaving as well. I mean, Russell Wilson's last game, all the analysts and um, all the people were already saying like, oh, well, if he was going to, or it, since he's probably going to be leaving, it's good that he ended on a win because they beat the Cardinals. So I think everyone kind of just expects that. Make make my division a little bit easier. Because... <laughs> uh, you know, even though we would always beat the Seahawks and we kind of have their number, I still hated playing against Russell Wilson. <laughs> like, he, he still would make our life very difficult. So um, it would be nice to have him make somebody else's division difficult and make somebody else's life uh, hard. So, um, so yeah, uh, so those were all the games that were being played. Um, here coming up today, the – uh, first game is going to be the Bengals and the Titans. Titans reactivating Derrick Henry. How much of a factor is he going to be in this game? Well, the coaches said that he's 100%, and they do not have him on a snap count. Wow, really? No snap count? No snap count. So uh, if he truly is 100%, we're going to see we're going to see Derrick Henry of old, like basically what Cam Akers did. <laughs> and he's going to run over that Bengals defense, dude. But I don't think they win. Oh, wow. Already already call, calling out the pick. Okay, well, so you, you think uh, Bengals are going to take this game then? The Titans don't have any defensive players to be able to stop Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase has been the X factor this year. Um, he'll – most likely win rookie of the year i would hope <laughs> with uh the way that uh that he's played and the records that he's broken and taking that team to the to the next level um of course joe burrow and him evolving has also helped out a lot with that um well and having t higgins as well who's second year you know yeah like they and he's just he's he's not jamar chase good but he's still a really strong X receiver, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and they still have, you know, Joe Nixon, who's been there quite a while and kind of been a nice, uh, what is it called? Like a, a nice, like not stand in, like he's just been a good, like he, he, he hasn't left. He hasn't asked for a trade or anything like that. He's kind of just stayed the course, but he's been consistently good. Like, I don't think there's yeah, any think year where it was just like, oh, yeah, Joe Nixon did terribly. Like, he's done really good, like, every year he's been there, even with them during the bad years when they were crappy. Yeah, I think he was number three this year in yards. Yeah. In rushing yards. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not surprised that the offense is making the turnaround that it did because, I mean, the head coach was the offensive coordinator for the Rams, <laughs> you know. Um so he's he's obviously got a good offensive mind, and he was able to go and get the picks to make that team very offensively good. Um, I actually agree with you. I'm picking the Bengals in this game. I think they're going to take it. Um, Derrick Henry or no Derrick Henry, um, you know, 
we'll see. Henry will probably get his yards because he somehow always does, you know. He, he always finds a way to get his yards. But I think that the the Bengals are gonna are gonna take it and win. Um, I think they just have more weapons, like you said. You know, the Titans are kind of just working with Derrick Henry right now. Um, we'll see. Vrabel, Vrabel, I can never pronounce his last name. The coach for the Titans. Grable. Grable. Oh, okay. I thought it was Vrabel or something. Some of the V. Oh yeah, it's Vrabel. Vrabel. Yeah, he he's very defensive minded. Obviously, you know, he was the defensive player for the Patriots. Um, so I'm sure he'll ha- have some type of good game plan, but I just don't think it'll be enough to, to slow him down. So I'm, I'm picking the, the Bengals to move on, uh, into the next round. Um, so the, the next matchup would be, uh, later tonight, which is the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, we didn't talk about that game against the Cowboys. <laughs> Why? Why would we even talk about that, dude? Oh. I I do want to bring something up about that. I know now we're kind of getting off track because we were just about to talk about the 49ers and the Packers, but I have to mention this. I have to. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody's doing the 10-year challenge. There's a Cowboys 10-year challenge. <laughs> 10 years ago, it was Tony Romo. This year, it's Dak Prescott. <laughs> oh, no. That's messed up. <laughs> That's so funny, though. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, okay. So the, obviously everyone is talking about the, the towards the end of the game, they had a, the Cowboys had a chance to come back and win the game. Um, and I can't remember how much time was left, but there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of time left and they had no timeouts and Dak Prescott and the offensive coach. like that 30 it was 30 yards he ran it for 30 he ran it for 30 yards oh damn and then slid down had he Dak made the mistake he handed the ball to his center instead yeah. of handing it to the ref because the ref has to touch the ball before they can snap it again exactly which is the the rules that the ref has to touch the ball first before and place it put it where it's supposed to go before uh, they snap it, and so Dak was not able to snap the ball quick enough before the time ran out. Time runs out, end the game. 49ers win. And fans, of course, were throwing whatever, debris, cups, whatever they could at the refs. Yeah, as the refs were uh, leaving, going through the tunnel, which I kind of, as soon as the, the game ended that way, I kind of knew that's what was going to happen. And then Dak Prescott, of course, interviewed after the game, and they said, you know, what do you, how do you feel about the fans like doing this? And he said, yeah, good on them. He was like, I'm glad they did that. And I was just like, dude, I lost so much respect for you. Like, I, I used to re- have a good amount of respect for Dak. You know, I thought he was he was a real decent guy. Yeah, he plays for the Cowboys. Not everybody loves the Cowboys. But I at least respected him and where he came from, how he got there, how he's in the position that he got in. He worked really hard. But then he goes and says that the fans should have done that. Like, that's, that's, he was like, I'm glad that they did that. Now, past couple days here recently, he's backtracked and said, Oh, I apologize. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. 
Like it was he got big... fined. Huh? The NFL fined him for that. Oh, did he? Like $250,000, dude. Like it was a pretty decent fine. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those things. And I can understand people are human. We're human. We make mistakes. It was in the heat of the moment. But that that's your job. Like if if I say something like inappropriate at my job, like I could get fired. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not just like a fine. It's like I would get fired. So I'm smart enough to know no matter how upset I get at someone else or how upset I am, I still know I need to bite my tongue and not say what I actually want to say. So yeah. I, I think Dak, yeah, he made the mistake, but now I, I don't really have very much respect for him now. Neither, because it was his mistake, not the ref's mistake. Yeah, the refs didn't ruin that that game. He made the mistake, and then he tried to block the ref from getting to the ball. Like the ref's trying to run up to get the ball, just mark it for him. Like the ref was doing what he was supposed to do, but Dak blocked him and ran into the ref. Like technically, you running into the ref, you can get ejected from the game. Yeah, but that would have stopped the clock. <laughs> but, but, I mean, the ref did what he was supposed to do. He was trying to get up to touch the ball so that they could snap it. You know, because Dak Prescott made that mistake of handing it to a center and not the ref. Well, and he made the mistake of running it for 30 yards. If he would have ran it for 15 and slid sooner, like they could have had enough time to come up and still spike it, and you could still throw it into the end zone. Get the first down, slide down, done. Yeah. No, he runs for 20 extra yards past the first down. I'm like, what are you doing? Why is he running so far? Oh, my God, the clock's out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, you know, I I just hate that a lot of people tried to blame the refs, not only just for that, but for, like, other calls in the game. And it's just like, you know, unfortunately, you know, refs are human. The They're not going to be able to see everything. Everything is very, like, quick you know every everything you know we have the luxury of being able to watch on replay in super duper slow motion you know to be able to see like everything that's going on um but yeah i agree with you i don't think the refs lost that game for him i think it was poor management on the cowboys and dak poor management on his part whoever called that that qb run whether it was mike mccarthy or the offensive coordinator more they that that's a terrible call to call in that situation. I just don't know what you're thinking. So uh, just poor management all, all around for that. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that quick tidbit out there um, just because I, like I said, I think it was pretty, pretty awful that Dak said that the fans should have thrown stuff at the rest. That's kind of, that's yeah. uncalled for. So and just, I'll, I'll say right now, like I have no respect for most of the Cowboys players. I don't like Trayvon Diggs is probably the only one just because I, I think, I think they're all arrogant assholes. And if you watch the game, like the Cowboys fans are in the stands, like pissed off, they're crying. Somebody actually like snapped pictures of them crying of the different fans crying and made socks out of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but no, I mean that. So, I'm a Raiders fan. We get a lot of a lot of flack for 
you know, being a toxic fan base, you know, because we're known for fighting. We have the motto of if we can't beat you on the field, we'll beat you in the parking lot. But that was in Oakland, you know, Vegas. We turned over a new leaf. Like, yeah, we're still assholes. I'll own that. Raiders fans are assholes. But we call it like it is. Like, we love our team. Name another team that has that much pride in their team that aren't bandwagon jumpers, you know? Like, we have a losing season. We have 20 losing seasons, and we still sell out crowds. You know, like, it's – we we are a toxic fan base, and we get a lot of shit for it. But I will say right now, the most toxic fan base in the NFL is the Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. Like, 100%. They are – disgusting like you'll never see Raiders fans throw shit at the refs like doesn't matter if the game doesn't go our way we're not going to throw shit at the refs because yeah they make mistakes they're human it happens but the refs aren't going to decide the game they may they may decide one or two plays that that may shift a little bit of the momentum but really in all in all honesty the Raiders made enough mistakes to lose that game you know yeah. Like, yeah, I, I could say refs all I want, but that's just a damn excuse for poor play on the Raiders' part. The Cowboys straight up blame the refs. Like, they did not blame Dak Prescott for being a, a, a poor time management or time manager. Like, he did not manage that game, like you said, at all. Like, he sucked from the start of the game. Like, he was throwing errant passes. He was off cue constantly with all of his receivers. Like, it just was not a good game for Dak Prescott at all. And then you got Ezekiel Elliott who's averaging 1.2 yards per carry that game and still being cocky and saying, feed me the ball. Bitch, shut up. You're averaging 1.2 yards. I'm 40 years old. I'm fat as hell. I haven't played football for freaking 22 years, 23 years, and I can average more than 1.2 yards a carry. <laughs> That might be like 1.3, but he's a professional athlete. Like, go do that shit, dude. You yeah. get paid millions to do this. Like, shut the hell up. And then the fan base just throwing a fit, throwing shit at the refs. Like, come on, man. And you're sitting there crying because your team didn't fucking win against the 49ers. Like, the 49ers are a good team. They're probably one of the scariest teams to be in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Because their run game is money. They're, they're, they have a lot of players on defense that are healthy you know that are actually really strong players like fred warner scary nick bosa scary you know they they actually have a and eric armstead oh my god dude eric armstead is a monster yeah but you lost to a good team take it like you made mistakes your team made mistakes don't sit and cry don't sit and throw things at your at the refs because it's not their fault they're there to do a job as well and it's yeah. unfair that you're doing that shit. Like, you, you are taking things out on another human being that shouldn't be taken out. Yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. Um, and you were talking about, you know, losing to a good team. Like I said, I kind of got on that tangent because I was about to talk about the the 49ers against the Packers for uh, later tonight. And um, I think the 49ers have a good chance in this game. Like, I know they're the – succeed but i mean they they have a really legit shot at beating the packers um like you said the run game is what is money for them if they are able to run it on you you're screwed you know and they don't just run it on you with their running backs they freaking put debo samuel in there at running back and they just do all sorts of plays with him debo samuel 
I think is such an underrated wide receiver in the NFL. People don't talk about him enough. Um, and I think he's kind of like a Cooper Cup of the team for the Niners. Like he can get the ball and get yards after catch. Like it's no one's business. Like, you know, I think he was number two to Cooper Cup for yards after catch this season. He was number one. I thought for sure in the game when they were talking about Cooper Cup, they said he had the most, and the next person under him was like okay. 100 so yards he, short. So he had the most yards after catch. He had the most yak yards. But the average per was Debo Samuel. That, that's what I was saying. So um, he, had, he had a higher average per catch yard, yard after catch. Uh, he was okay. like his average yards after catch was like nine point seven, and Cooper Cup was like nine point two. Yeah. Like, like that's ridiculous. So, um. They they definitely have a shot. The only the, the, the only thing and you guys, you guys, you and Larry gave me grief about this. And it may be because I'm a Rams fan. I'll be honest. It might be because I'm a Rams fan, but I'm tired of the Jimmy G talk and everyone just being on top of him of just like, oh, Jimmy G's playing through this thumb injury and he's still putting he's still putting the team on his back and winning games and blah 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 and they interview him after the game and they like you know i'm just like interview debo or interview like freaking the running backs like jimmy g is not the reason the 49ers are winning games right now like you said they have a dominant defense when it's healthy their secondary maybe not as much but their front is like ridiculous and then the the running backs and debo like, I don't care who you are, Jimmy G, if you're throwing a freaking across, like you throw you throw a two-yard pass to Debo, it turns into 30 yards. And then all of a sudden, oh, J- Jimmy G, you know, wrecking up all these yards. It's like, no, he literally threw two yards down the field. And then Debo did all the rest. And he almost, when they wanted to put their foot on the pedal on the Cowboys, he, he almost gave the game away against the Cowboys. He threw that interception and it gave the Cowboys all the momentum. They scored right after that. He, he almost lost that game for the 49ers. And so I'm just tired of, I'm tired of the talk. I'm tired of all these analysts, all these people just praising Jimmy G so much. Like he's an elite quarterback and it bothers me. Hey, the G stands for God. All right. Oh, it's Jimmy, Jimmy. I'm just kidding, dude. You know how I feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I never have. Like, he's he is a game manager. That's what he's good at. He's a damn good game manager. I will give him that. However, he's also kind of the game X factor. He's either going to win it for you. Or he's going to lose it for you. Like, and when he loses it for you, he loses big. Like he'll throw like four or five picks. Like it's terrible. He's I, I've never I've never liked Jimmy G. Even when he was with the Patriots. Never liked him. I, I don't think I think the 49ers are making a mistake by keeping him. And I don't think he'll be there next year. 
I think they're going to move on to Trey Lance because Trey Lance, why not put Trey Lance back there? I mean, you have Elijah Mitchell and you have Debo Samuel who's running the ball as well, who's averaging like 100 yards rushing a game when he's actually playing, when he's rushing. You know, and then you put in Trey Lance who can run the ball as well, but also has a cannon for an arm. Like, I think he's a much more accurate passer and a better passer than Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you put all three of them in the backfield, who's getting the ball to run it? Like, how many <laughs> trick plays could you do to, like, completely confuse a defense? Like, I think that would be, like, amazing to watch, you know? But, no, everybody's on Jimmy G's dick, and, like, it's it's stupid. Like, I told you, like, we were talking about it last night at work. It's It's seriously, like... He's he's the whole what was it that we called? He's he's the game changer, right? Yeah. He, he's a game changing quarterback. Most of the time he changes it for the bad. <laughs> and the running game and defense is what saves his ass. It's not him. I mean, he had thirty eight hundred yards this year. He passed for thirty eight hundred yards. Yeah. Do you know he only had like uh like maybe out of his 400 attempts this year, his 400 passing attempts, he had 50 that were beyond 25 yards. That's what I'm saying. It just, yeah, it just, it just bothers me. Um, and if they put the game in his hands, like you said, they're not gonna, they're not gonna win it, and because nope. he is a game manager. Um, so let's. Let's let's break down then playing in Green Bay, playing with like negative ten degree weather, all the fun stuff that comes with playing in Green Bay. So who who do you have for this game? I have Green Bay, hundred percent. Like I'll lock that one in all day long, simply because <laughs> J- Jimmy G has never played in a game lower. Jimmy G's coldest game he ever played in was forty one degrees. Yeah. <laughs> And now, now he's going to Green Bay, going to play the frozen tundra, negative 10 degrees with a wind chill factor that drops it to, like, negative 20. Aaron Rodgers is used to that shit. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to play out of his mind. Devontae Adams is going to play out of his mind. Aaron Jones is probably going to have 130 rushing yards on that defense because nobody on that 49ers team is used to that weather. It's going to be that home field advantage. That's what's going to win it for the Packers. Yeah. Um, who do I think will win? Who do I want to win? So I think that the Packers are going to win. <laughs> um, they, they've been uh, obviously number one seed for a reason. So, and, uh, you know, everyone's talking Aaron Rodgers for M- uh, second straight MVP. Um, which again, another topic, but don't think that he should get it again. But um, Cooper Cup. Cup, cup, cup. <laughs> Cooper Cup for MVP. Um, I think real quick on that, MVP is like someone that even when they're not doing something, like if they're not producing, they're still making other players better. Um, like an Aaron Donald effect. If Aaron Donald's being double teamed and not getting sacks, Vaughn Miller's getting sacks or Leonard Floyd's getting sacks. Cooper Cup in that game against the Cardinals – was being shut down. He was double teamed all game. Yeah, since he was double teamed, Odell lit up. Tyler Higby lit up. So, anyways, I think that's what an MVP truly is. But um, the um, I want the 49ers to win. 
solely for se- selfish purposes of we if we beat the Bucks, then we would get a home NFC championship game. It would be the 49ers against the Rams at, in LA. And I think we would have a better chance at beating the Niners at home than we would going on the road again, like you said, playing in negative degree weather against the Packers. So, and last year we, we lost to the Packers in green Bay. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard playing in green Bay. That's why I wish we could have had home field advantage ourselves. Um, but it is what it is. Sometimes you got to, to prove you're the best, you got to be able to win on the road as well too. So hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully the Niners win, but I think the Packers will take it. Um, all right. So tomorrow's games, uh, the, uh, the Rams and the Bucks, like we had mentioned, uh, playing in Tampa. Uh, so how, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, I see this being 35 to 27 or 28, 35 to 28 in favor of the Rams. It's going to be a hard fought game. Like we, we talked about this last night and you said, you don't see the, the Rams giving up that many points, but you have to understand it's Tom Brady. Like it's, it's Tom freaking Brady. Like the guy, the guy finds a way to win. Like it doesn't matter who he's got on his team. Like, yeah, he doesn't have Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is banged up. Leonard Fournette's not playing, you know, he's got old ass Giovanni Bernard, but the dude finds a way to win. And you guys, I'll give the Rams credit. They beat him in the regular season when they had a full squad, when they had all their players. However, regular season, Tom Brady is way (laughs) different than playoff Tom Brady. Yeah. Like Tom Brady becomes this whole other monster in the playoffs. And there's a rumor that Tom Brady, if he wins a Super Bowl, he's actually going to retire. He's going to ride off in the sunset and be done if he wins a Super Bowl. But I still think – I don't think he's going to. He's going to come back next year. He's going to play one more year, play until he's 45, which we've said for a long time that he's going to play until he's 45. But I think the Rams get it done, but it's going to be a hard-fought game. It's going to, it's going to come down to who – if what defense can get to what quarterback the bucks defense is nothing like they were last year you know and they're they're without their a lot of their stars on offense as well i think the rams get after tom brady donald only gets two sacks on him but leonard floyd gets two sacks as well and i want to see i say jalen ramsey gets at least one pick possibly a pick six oh nice you know, Jalen Ramsey likes getting Tom Brady. He's good at shutting people down, and they're going to put him probably on Mike Evans the whole game. Yeah. And put him over there, put him against him, and say, shut his ass down. Odell is going to have another big game because it's stupid. Who do you double team? Cooper Cup or Odell? They're both amazing receivers. Like, Odell just had shitty years in Cleveland because Baker Mayfield sucks. Matt, Matt Stafford is a damn good quarterback and should be in the Hall of Fame when he retires, but he won't be because he spent his whole career with the Lions. Um, and we'll never see. had any if he wins a Super Bowl, he'll yeah. get in. Yeah, if he can get the chip, then we'll see we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, I think he's probably top ten all time. I would say he's a top ten quarterback all time. He's just had a shitty team around him. 
now he's got a good team and look at what he's doing. You know, but I mean, you've got, but I mean, you look, you compare him to Jimmy G. Matt Stafford did everything he could with the Lions. Like that dude was still a beast playing with the Lions. Jimmy G is shitty on a great team. <laughs> yeah. Like you put Matt Stafford on the 49ers and they're a 14 and 2 team. Like yep, hands down. They, like they're done. a damn good team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think I think Matt Stafford has a big game. He probably throws at least one pick, but he still has a big game because Cooper Cup finds a way to get open. Cooper Cup goes for 140. Beckham goes for like 95 and a touchdown. I, I think it's going to be a hard fog game, but the Rams come out on top by by seven. Nice. I like it. I see it kind of playing a little bit similar uh, out. Um, and like you said, we kind of talked about this a little bit last night to get ready for the podcast today. Um, and I'll just reiterate it because I felt like it was a good point. So we beat the Bucks in the regular season, like you were saying. Uh, it was week three, and it was um, with them having the full roster, which they don't now. One of their top offensive linemen, I don't even think, is going to play in the game. Um, I think, yeah, I think he's going to be out. So that's going to help Von Miller even more. It's going to help Elliot Donald even more. It's going to help Leonard Floyd, which Von Miller has been stepping up too. He's had like a sack in the last like three games. He's gotten at least one sack. So um, he's stepping up now and putting on playoff, uh, you know, playoff energy, playoff, you know, uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but yeah, just playoff energy is probably the best way to phrase it. But yeah, <laughs> he is a former Super Bowl MVP. Exactly. Yeah. So he knows what to bring and he knows when to turn it up. And, and now's the time. And um, to point out that uh, speaking of Von Miller, we didn't have Von Miller in week 30 when we beat Tampa. We have Von or, Miller now. We did not. OJ. Yeah, we didn't have Odell Beckham. We do now. Um you know, we, we have a, a completely different team, and, yeah, the Bucks are different as well now with their injuries. You didn't have Cam Akers either because he was out. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was going to point out. I feel like if Sean McVay doesn't abandon the run, like if he doesn't get nervous, if he keeps to the game plan and tries to run the ball, I think Cam Akers will get a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. So – I think uh, Cam Akers goes off and gets gets one of each in the game. Um, and uh, I agree. I don't think Jalen will get a pick, but I think he'll hold Evans to under 100 yards and no touchdowns. I think if anyone scores, it'll probably be like Gronk. So um, I, I think, I think Jalen shuts down uh, Evans and calls it good. Um, does, you know, I, obviously he likes to get his picks in and stuff like that. And I think if, if Aaron Donald or Von Miller or even Leonard Floyd are able to get to Tom, it's, it's going to be a rough game for them. They'll still put up points, like you said, cause it's freaking Tom Brady. <laughs> um, but I think it won't be as much. I think the score could be as close as like 21, 28 Rams. Um, you know, I, I think it could be as close as that. So, 
Um, playing in Tampa as well is going to be rough. I think the defense was really feeding off of the energy in the at, at home against the Cardinals. You got to bring your own energy when you're on the road, and that's hard sometimes. You know, you, you got to bring your own your own juice. So, um, uh, you know, I'm hoping, like I said, and then if we got to play the Packers next, that's going to be rough. <laughs> the, the Packers might actually, you know, get it done against us. Um, I know they beat us in the regular season, um, and we had OBJ then, and we had Von Miller then. But they literally had just joined the team, I think, like a week before. Yeah. So, you know, we they have some time under their belts now. And, and, and playoff football is different. So, um, but we can talk about more about that if the Packers win and if the Rams win. These are all, <laughs> these are all a lot of if situations. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll see how it actually uh, plays out. Um, all right. And then... That, that's the first game tomorrow. And then the last game will be the Chiefs and the Bills. And we both talked about this game last night, and we both are going different ways with it. Um, but uh, let's, let's, let's get your breakdown of, of the game first. Josh Allen looked freaking amazing last week. That, that's what makes me nervous is because he was an on and again, off again all year. <laughs> yeah. Like, he'd have a game where he'd have four touchdowns, and then the next game he'd have four turnovers. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? This is a rematch of the AFC Championship last year. You know, the Chiefs got it done. The Bills' defense, don't they don't have Tredavious White. He's out. So that hurts big time. But they still have two of the best safeties in the game. They have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. You know, two of the fastest sideline-to-sideline safeties. One of them, they can always drop one down in the box to stop the run game. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is not really a big, he's not a big threat. They don't have a big threat in the run game right now. They just don't. You know, their threat is Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, Josh Gordon, and Travis Kelsey. That's their big threat. That's where it's going to be. That's where it's going to lie. Um, Pat Mahomes is going to put his numbers up. And this is either going to be a major defensive game and be like a 13 to 10 game, or it's going to be high powered offense because last week, both of the quarterbacks threw five touchdowns, zero picks. You know, we're going to see like a 45, 42 game, but either way, this game is going to be close. It's going to be decided by a field goal, probably a last-minute field goal. Last team to get the ball is probably going to win the game, and I think it's going to be the Bills. But I, I do not see this being a blowout on either side. I don't. Fair enough. Um, I I think it's uh, going to go the Chiefs way. I think they're they're going to win the game. It's not going to be dominated, obviously. It's not going to be like when they played the Steelers. Um, both defenses, they can give up points, and I feel like that's what's going to happen. I kind of agree that it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be the last team gets the ball wins. It's going to be ridiculously high scoring. Like Both, both teams are just going to go off just because they, they have too many too many weapons. Um, but I think the the Chiefs end up getting it 
getting it done and end up winning. Um, I just think they have their number. And, you know, like you said, which Josh Allen are we going to get? You know, he's got playoff experience now under his belt, but I feel like going to, excuse me, two straight Super Bowls kind of gives Mahomes a little bit more of an edge (laughs) on when it comes to, like, pressure moments and the pressure of, you know, putting the team on your back. Um, You know, I know Bills fans, you know, they're they're probably worried they don't want to go through the same thing they went through when they went to four straight Super Bowls and didn't win a single one, you know you have a, a great quarterback and you're not able to take advantage of it to win Super Bowls. <laughs> you know, they had Jim Kelly for all those years and uh, made the team just so dominant and so good and then couldn't couldn't get it done with getting a single Super Bowl ring. So, um, I, I, unfortunately, I feel like they're going to have the same, the same stuff going on. So, yeah, Chiefs way, I think, I think they win it. I think they win by like 10, you know. I don't think it'll be a field goal, but I think they at least win by 10. So, um, and then potentially, again, there's a lot of what ifs. Uh, according to us, it would, well, according to you, it would be then Chiefs, or no, uh, sorry, Bills, uh, Bengals <laughs> in the AFC championship game. Um, or for me, it would be the Chiefs and the Bengals. And, that would be a rematch of the regular season when they, when the the Chiefs lost to the Bengals by a field goal, and it was it was a crazy freaking game. It was it, it just played out so weird. So um, that could potentially be a great AFC you know championship game again. Um, and then of course the NFC as well. Um, I think a lot of people think the NFC is kind of just more more dominant this year than the AFC, um, but. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Mahomes could go to a third straight Super Bowl. And whether he wins it or loses it or if he even gets there, like I said, there's a lot of what ifs. If he makes it again, you know, does that kind of cement his legacy already at a young career? Yeah, it's his fourth year and he's going to his third straight Super Bowl. Like, so, yeah. it's his fourth year. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> now, so, I, that I'm kind of already right cements it for cements it for him, like you know, for the rest of his career. Yeah, yeah, he's got it. They, I hate saying this because they're in my division, but the Chiefs are going to be a dynasty with Patrick Mahomes under center. They're going to be the new Patriots, where it's like every year they basically have a chance. Yep, yep. I'm rooting for the Bills, but. I, I, I want the Bills to win. That's why I'm picking the Bills. But I, in all honesty, as a analyst, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. I think the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. I would love to see a Rams Bengals Super Bowl or a Rams Bills Super Bowl. Like to me, that would be like amazing. But I think it's going to be a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. Most likely. Replay a Super Bowl one. Yeah. Where the Packers beat the shit out of the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, most likely that's probably what's going to happen. A lot of uh, analysts, when the playoffs first started, they asked like who they thought the final two would be. Um, and majority of them picked Packers Chiefs. Um, like Michael Irvin was like the only one that picked like 
Cowboys Titans or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, but everybody else was was most likely picking the the Packers Chiefs as well. I think one. I think one analyst picked Rams, Bills, or something like that. So, um, but yeah, a lot of the majority thinks it's going to be that. And I mean, why not? You know, uh, Packers are in the number one seed for a reason. You know, Chiefs are number two for a reason. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alrighty, cool. Well, uh, we kind of just wanted to do a, a shorter podcast this time. Kind of just, you know. Uh, talk about just the games and uh, how we felt like they were going to play out because um, we don't have much time. And then after that, it's going to be mostly NBA talk. Um, normally you would say baseball talk, but you know, with them still being shut down, <laughs> can't really talk too much about that. We'll see how long that the shutout still going to uh, last or lockout or whatever. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, hockey is still going on as well, which we'll uh, be able to get into. Um, but yeah, it's long seasons for basketball, long seasons for, for baseball and and even hockey. So it's kind of hard to continue to have something uh, new to talk about when the seasons are so long and it kind of just, until it gets to playoffs, then you can kind of dive more into it. But, um, let's throw out the big fight tonight. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The UFC, uh, heavyweight championship is on the line. Uh, Francis Nuganu. Uh, I can't remember the other guy's first name, but his last name is Gain. Um, They were teammates. Well, I don't even know if they are still teammates or not, but I know they were teammates. They they fought in the same camp or gym or whatever. So teammates going against each other for the heavyweight uh, title, which I always think is funny when it plays out that way. Like, it seems like that'd be so awkward fighting one of your teammates, like, <laughs> you know, having to, having to try to knock out someone that you're okay with. I mean, I know sometimes they have feuds and stuff like that and it makes it easier to be able to like go in and be like, well, yeah, I want to knock this guy out. I hate his guts. But like, this is just like mutual respect of just like, well, he's my teammate. I respect him. Well, may the best man win type of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm very upset that I'm going to miss it. I, I love watching Fran- Francis Nganu. Um He has already stated, depending on how this goes, he might go into the boxing wor- uh, world and fight uh, Fury. So um, yeah, he'd, he'd be good because the dude hits like a truck. He does, yeah. Um, he said his punch power is just as high as Mike Tyson's when he was like prime Mike Tyson. Yeah. Like, that's where his punch power is. Well, we'll – We'll see. I think he's doing it more for a payday because he has said, like, boxing will pay me more, which is kind of ironic since UFC is more popular than boxing. But yeah, he's but saying boxing will pay him more. Like a boxing match, like Floyd Mayweather makes makes $100 million for one match. Like yeah. Jake Paul and uh, Tyron Woodley, the last fight, Tyron Woodley lost and made $35 million. Like in UFC, it took him four years to make $35 million and multiple fights. And then also being able to defend his belt. Like UFC doesn't pay anywhere near what boxing does, which I, like I said, like you said, I don't agree with that. Like it's way more popular. They have fights all the time. Like 
why is Dana White not spreading that wealth? Like they make billions. Yeah. Well, Dana Dana White, I don't think he really has much say in that. I think it's just the new owners, the people who bought it from the the two brothers that started it. Um, I think it's it's all all up to them. Yeah, he kind of Dana White has a say. I'm sure he could go to bat for the fighters and be like, hey, listen, the fighters want to get paid more. We want to keep them around. Um, but of course, they want to get their money too. Is Dana White makes a whole freaking heck of a lot, <laughs> and yeah. and the the people who bought it from the the brothers who started it. I mean, they are making a lot. I mean, the amount of money that they paid those two brothers as well but um but yeah it should be a good fight um just have to see the results and see what happens it sucks that uh that won't will not be both of us won't be able to watch it uh, i guess we'll be at work but um Still, still be good. Still be good to see how how it ends. Um, sometimes you can get lucky and kind of uh, uh, watch it, <laughs> watch it real quick before it gets taken down off of all the social media stuff. Someone will post it, and then you can watch it uh, right before it gets taken down. If it's like a knockout or submission, if it goes all five rounds, no one ever posts that on social media. But um, but yeah, I hope I hope Nagano wins. I like him a lot. I like his story. Um, you know, he came, he came from nothing and, you know, was able to, to get to where he is now. So, um, I hope he wins. I hope he takes it. Um, just trying to think if there was anything else going on. I don't think there is. So, um, we'll just wrap things up there. We'll, we always end the show with our, uh, three hashtags now, cause we got the, the hashtag Earl Thomas still not signed. We got the hashtag. Cooper Cup, Cup for MVP. Cup for MVP. And then the hashtag 30 for 30, the Florida Gators. We'll, we'll still do that for our good friend, Larry. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'll try to get him on the podcast this coming this coming Wednesday and talk about uh, the games that happen today and tomorrow. Um, real quick shout out as well. Um, uh, you know, just dedicate this uh, podcast to uh, my cousin Jacob, who passed away. Um, he was only 30, um, very, very young guy. Um, you know, mental, mental awareness and mental health is, is a real thing. Um, you know, I know we don't get very many listeners, but if you can just try to go and and donate to, uh, mental health or, you know, mental research, uh, brain research, you know, whatever you feel like donating to, to be able to get more help in those areas. Um, you can just donate in his name, Jacob Crowder. Um, and you know, every little bit counts. You don't have to donate a lot, obviously, but, um, just a shout out to him. He was a great guy, uh, always very loving and, you know, uh, always, you know, laughing and having a good time and willing to, to help anybody. He would drop everything. You know, if I asked him to come and help me move something, he'd be like, yeah, sure. And he'd just drop everything and come and help me. So, um, just, you know, going to dedicate this episode to him. Um, you know, going to love him and miss him. Uh, but yeah, like I said, just go out, you know, kind of just donate what little you can to research for that. Try to get some more help with people who, uh, have those, those issues and can't really control it. So, 
But until next time, uh, we will uh, catch you guys on the flip side, and we'll see you guys uh, potentially on uh, Wednesday talking about these games. All right. Peace.